Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible and it's within you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody is now living the best life ever, but it took some stepping out of her comfort zone. She's going to show you how it can be done. Here is your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. My name is Jody Harrison Bauer, and thank you so much for listening in. Everybody around the world who's been listening, people in Japan, Ireland, Mexico, all of you, thank you so much for listening into the show. I am so happy that you are here. You know, I created this show to educate, empower, and inspire you so you can live a fearlessly authentic life. So I hope that you can all take away something from every show that I share with you. And today's guest is Stuart Brower, not to be confused with Bauer. Uh, and um, I came across Stuart while I was in the depths of quarantine, and I must have been looking for some gym motivation or something. And I typed in Jim and up came WTF Jim Talk. And I said, WTF, what is this? I've got to listen to this podcast. And I listened to it and I was mesmerized right afterwards. I, I mean, I thought this guy was so fearless. I loved his no BS approach to how he was talking to gym owners. And I DM'd him right away. And he said yes to being on my show. So I want to welcome Stuart Brower and give you a little bit of background on him. He is an 18-year-old student of the fitness industry, having been involved in large chain big box gyms and independently owned micro gyms. He owns his own micro gym in Charlotte, North Carolina, but his full-time gig is creating no BS content and consulting with gyms to unscrew what they're doing in their gym. I can't use the word that Stuart uses, um, <laughs> but he is straightforward. I love his talk. I love how fearless he is. So welcome to the show, Stuart. Thank you so much for having me. And, and thank you for the, uh, the attention that uh, from your audience all over. This is great. Thanks for being here. So let's just dive right into it. CrossFit. CrossFit. Tell me about your experience with CrossFit. What's your background with CrossFit and what's going on? How are you helping your CrossFit businesses and so on? Yeah. So I back quick background on me, um, strength and conditioning, exercise physiology. That was my major in college. I found CrossFit in 2006. I graduated college and I went right into working for a small independent CrossFit gym in Nashville, Tennessee. I loved it. I realized that I didn't know anything about business. I knew I wanted to open my own gym one day, but no business acumen. So I went working for Globo Gym, a subsidiary of a Gold's Gym called Urban Active in Tennessee. Okay. And that was my, my first entrance into Globo Gym, which when I say that, guys, I'm talking the big corporate chains, the Gold's Gyms, Lifetime Fitnesses, Bally's, mm -hmm. all that. That was my career for a while. I learned a ton. And then I opened up my own, what I can call micro gym, these smaller box models in Charlotte, North Carolina in 2010. And from there, we, uh, we have became a CrossFit affiliate. So I was in this mm -hmm. CrossFit space and uh, we did very well as a business there. We grew it. And then right around 2014, I became very disenfranchised uh, with the CrossFit brand. I just, I, 
I slowly fell out of love with it, which is hard. It was like my first love as an entrepreneur. And that was a very tough thing for me. But I, I came up with this different brand, this different idea. I got into commercial real estate. I purchased a um, a large building in downtown Charlotte. And I created this new brand of urban movement. And, you know, we have a coffee shop in there and a spin studio. It's this really cool idea. And it, it was just where my future was going. So I walked away I from CrossFit. Yeah. And, but in 2015, I started doing this. I started making content. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that handle, that media handle was WTF Gym mm-hmm. Talk. And it was my kind of shock jock approach to right. talking to people about how to run their micro gym, specifically CrossFit and micro gym models, independently owned mom and pop fitness studios. Mm-hmm. And from there, that be, that's my, been my full-time job since 2015. And while I, I, I still own my gym, I have a team that runs it. So we are franchising that gym. We have mm-hmm. that side of my life. And then WTF Gym Talk is my full-time. I travel, speaking engagements, make videos for people to watch, all that good stuff, podcasts, and such, what you're doing here. And that's, yeah. uh, that's been the scene. So that seems to, so you've really evolved from you know, being involved in big box gyms. And I, I was involved in a big box gym before I opened up my studio, which I refer to as boutique fitness. Same yes. thing probably as yep. a micro gym. Would you say that's the yeah. same thing? Yes, 100%. Okay. And you really get your feet wet, right? You really learn, you know, what the customers want, how to brand yourself, what they're getting from those big box gyms, what they're not getting and how to service them. Because it really is about who you are, what the environment that you create for people to come to. And I, I actually think with everything going on right now, I think the micro gyms are really going to do well, yeah. given the customer service that we give to them. Correct. Now, granted, we're also smaller footprints. So in a COVID right. world, we have initial um, we have initial obstacles that we all have to overcome with small square footage. Look at guys yeah. who uh, franchise Orange Theories. Those are 1,800 square foot boxes with 32 people to 45 people working out at a time. That's, there's no social distancing happening there. No. Various boot camps. So there will be initial obstacles that we're all going to have to overcome from an operational capacity standpoint. But I believe in the long run, boutique fitness is, going to be, is, is here to stay for sure. So let's go back to CrossFit for a second. Yeah. We won't spend too much time on it because I sure. know you've been talking your butt <laughs> off about CrossFit. It's a hot topic right now. It's it a hot is. Topic. It's, it's really hot. So, I, I mean, the timing was great to have you on the show and so on. Like, whoa, this is, this is great. So you were involved. You got involved in early on after you were yeah. involved in big box gyms and you thought that CrossFit was like the brand you really wanted to align yourself with. Correct. It was hot at the time. There was nothing. I was in a, I'm in a district in Charlotte, North Carolina called South End. If you're familiar, mm-hmm. like with Buckhead, Atlanta, yes. young, hip, you know, it's where the young professionals go and the trendy, the West Elms and the Lululemons of the world and the nightclubs and all the good stuff. That's I want to live there. It's, it's a lot of fun. So uh, I'm there. So I have, I'm CrossFit South and that's the business name. So I have two of the most SEO friendly things in my area. CrossFit, which was just everybody was searching it. And then mm-hmm. South End, the most popular district in Charlotte, North Carolina. I, I just, I was smart, you know, it had that name, it worked and I wrote it and then I got out early and then switch the brand. And then it's been three years of this rebranding process that really has been painful. You know, I, I tell people, you don't rebrand and make a ton of money right off the bat. You better be willing to eat crow for a while because it's not going to be pretty because you went from everybody knew what you were. You were CrossFit in South End. And like now you you're the same. You didn't have to explain. You didn't have to explain who you were. It was like, yeah. if you went on a blind date, you wouldn't have to explain who you were. You already knew. CrossFit. 100%. Yeah, right? That's it's right. like Kleenex. Yep. 
because they've done a great job branding themselves. Correct. Correct. And now, you know, with our movement, we've had to build that brand up from the ground up and the work's still not done. And, but I'm enjoying it when you, when you mold it with your own DNA, like it's a hundred percent yours. So if you win or lose on it, it's all you, right. Versus CrossFit's out then. I won on that. I won very big, but Mm -hmm. I really, could I really control, like I always like challenge myself, like, was it me? Was I that good? Or did (laughs) I have the right names? So this has been kind of my opportunity to just, just again, to the name of your podcast, just fearlessly heads down and say like, how good are you? How good are you, dude? Can you make this work with a name that means nothing to nobody? I would think that that would be really scary. I think it's like, very, um, maybe getting divorced, breaking up with somebody and saying, you know, for me, I was married for my listeners know by now because I talk about it all the time. I was married for 17 years and then you're not married. So yep. I was Mrs. So-and-so and now I'm just this. Yeah, I was and married I'm, for five and I'm not anymore. I understand that analogy a thousand percent. Right? You're reinventing yourself. So reinventing. So people who knew me when I was the other person 18, 19 years ago were like, whoa, and I've reinvented myself. And it's scary as hell, right? But it's amazing because, what you can do. Right. Because amazing. you have to dig really, really, really deep to figure out who the heck you are and who the heck you want to be sure. to others, yes. right? And who you are comfortable being with others. Yep. And more or less who you are. And then what really helps you figure out is more or less who you are not. And, you know, to go to that CrossFit brand, there's a lot of the taboo things that any of your listeners who maybe, maybe they've done CrossFit before, they've heard of it, whatever, they, they have a brand image. And for Mm -hmm. anyone listening, here's, you know, some education. What is a brand? A brand is a person's gut feeling about a product service organization. It's their gut feeling. So for example, WTF Gym Talk, my brand. There are some people that are maybe like you. Jody's like, I like that guy. He maybe he's he's entertaining and educational and a little witty. And I think he, I really like him. And there's other people like, I think that guy's a dick. I don't like him at all. He's right. I do I think he's too aggressive. He swears too much or whatever. Both brands are right. It's the brand is conceived in the customer's head, not ours as the business. We could only be, and that's why I, I've always been a scaredy cat my whole life. Okay. And so fearlessly authentic is something I've always wanted to be. So in being that to our, our, our customers, our members, our clients, that knowing who we are, being fearless and being authentic is, is something that will, like you said, they'll either say for me, the name of my studio is Jody Fit. Yep. I really dig Jody Fit. Yep. Or I don't dig Jody Fit, and I'm going to go yeah. to you know a big box gym or something. Yep. And what I learned because I started kind of late in life, I didn't own my start my gym until I was 50. That I, of course, we all at the beginning, and I'm sure you were like this, right? Please tell me you were like this. You kind of, sort of, want to be everything for everybody. You do, and then you learn I can't. It's like again dating. I can't be something for everybody when I go on a match.com date the back in the day when I was. And so you finally, after going through that cathartic experience, you say, I'm just going to be who I am. And those who will come will come because I know what I, who I am. It's the beauty thing. So if you're Sears and JC Penney's and Dillard's right now, your biggest fear is not Macy's. Your biggest fear is the 10,000 Instagram and Etsy shops that now have very specific brands to very specific people because people do not 
buy brands. They join them. Brands are tribal. They are yeah. systematic. I, the underwear I buy, the glasses I buy, the cars I buy, things like that, I do it because I like the image that that personality that and that feeling brand it brings. And that yes. feeling. It's a yes. feeling. It's a feeling. And I, I've heard you talk about this, and I'm not you know, taking your words, but it, you know, I agree with you. If I didn't agree with you or think you had something, it's, I don't just have people on here that I agree with, but I do feel very aligned with you on so many things. We might just say it differently, but it is a feeling and you use the word, it's a gut instinct. And yes. it, it is, it's just a feeling. It's just like when you meet people, do I like them? Do I not like them? What is Humans it? are intrinsic emotional beings. Our gut feeling, you know, is literally all you have in the world that differ- differentiate here. It is a great quote. In a parody world, my best friend wins. So in a parody world where Jody Fit and then Becky Fit opens up across the street, the consumer is going to reside with the person they feel the yes. closest to. Yes. In a parody world, your best friend wins. So as a brand, as a business, I want to be the best friend to consumers because everything becomes a commodity. Personal training and group fitness is a commodity. Mm-hmm. CrossFit is a commodity. But we're, you and me both know we don't sell fitness to people. It's the end result at the end right. of the day. But fitness takes years. Fitness takes months. It takes thousands of reps. It doesn't happen instantaneous. But you know what can be instantaneous? Making someone laugh. Making someone smile. Making and them that's feel where comfortable. The Making them feel comfortable. For me, I have my, my studio is just for women. So it's a place where women can come and feel like a family, a tribe, community. Yeah. And that's what everybody's missing right now being, you know, quarantine and I'm going to be opening on Wednesday that that community feeling where, you know, you can get it in maybe a digital class, but it's still your, it's still virtual, you know, and we were talking before we got on the air about personal training where the personal training clients really don't want that virtual touch. They want a real touch. They want a real high five. They want a real hug. Personal training clients have opted into the most expensive fitness option because they need the highest amount of accountability. And that's how it works in the fitness industry. The higher the price, the more accountability you get, the lower the price, the less accountability you get. So that is obviously where, you know, when they can't see you, it gets difficult. Where really the only hack you have is like Zoom personal training, which we know is not an idea that's not even close to an ideal situation, Right. you know? Um, you're better off, you know, having 30 feet of social distancing and yelling at them from across the parking lot, you know, than you are that, but it's a difficult thing. It's, and a lot of them called me out, you know, as we got closer to um, not being quarantined. I mean, we're still in quarantine, but you know, businesses are opening in Connecticut and could you train me a thousand square feet apart? (laughs) Sure. I'll take out my megaphone. megaphone I will do that. Yes. Yes. And you could wear a mask or not wear a mask. You could do whatever you feel comfortable with. So I want to ask you, so micro gym, I have a, so many questions for you. Sure. Um, you've already, uh, we talked about branding and I love that because it is so true and people make a bigger deal about what branding is all about and that it really is, it, it, how do you teach somebody, how do you break down branding for somebody? I know I tell people, so I normally like to start with tangible things because branding is such an abstract thing. So I go with, yes. I have two go-to books two go-to books and you start there and that it will at least give someone something to do when they get done with the conversation. My first, I like Traction by Gina Wickman and only read the first 20% of the book. Just read about the core values, which is the okay. personality of your brand, the core focus, which is why the brand exists, and then the niche, which is what the brand will do better than anybody else in the market. And that just like gets some language. And then there's a book called Primal Branding by Patrick Hanlon. Mm-hmm. And it talks about these seven elements of brand, things like rituals, 
right? Okay. So like anyone who listens to this podcast, that intro you have mm-hmm. is ritualistic to yes. the point where if you listen to enough of your podcast, you would be able to recite the intro. It Just like if you be, call, right? were sitting here and I said, 15% could save you or 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. We've all heard that Geico commercial a gazillion right. times. That's right. ritualistic. And then it becomes iconic. So you look at all these things, icons, rituals, lexicon, which are the sacred words in the CrossFit world. Mm-hmm. Those were things like WAD, workout of the day. That was language that only CrossFitters knew. And you could go to Bangladesh and meet another CrossFitter and say, what was the WAD today? And that person had a universal understanding of what you meant. And you had that tribal, that connection right then and there. Kind of like sports teams. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan living in Charlotte, North Carolina. So when I see somebody with a Cleveland Browns shirt on, an icon, I can go have a language conversation with him that other people won't get because we're talking about players and the drive and the fumble and all these iconic Browns things. So that's the first understanding I recommend. I push people to those two books because there are so many operational definitions people need to just have to begin good branding conversations. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I go ahead and I really start an association of what are the brands that you truly do buy, not because of the price, not because of their location to you, but you truly buy them because you like the way they make you feel. Like Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. People go to Whole Foods and they feel healthier. You go into Whole Foods, you're like, I'm on it. Like, I'm I feel like healthy. I'm healthy. healthy all around you. I've earned my, my athleisure Lululemon clothing. Like Lululemon's <laughs> another great brand. You wear right. Lululemon and you feel like I'm fashionable, I'm fit, and I can spend this kind of money. And that's why women don't throw away, men too, they don't throw away their Lululemon bag. Everybody keeps it because it's a flex. Right. I can afford $145 yoga pants. Right, exactly. So I take people down that route and I find out what brands do you mess around with? And then we start dissecting, why do you mess with those brands? Why have you found yourself there? Great, cool. Now that we've done some research, let's talk about your brand. And then we start creating assets around the brand, whether it's outsourcing them to an iconographer for icons and logos, whether it's sitting down and talking about what is the language, the slogans and taglines we're going to create for your brand to push your message home. Um, do you, you know, find tr- a lot of people um, don't really know they they yeah. know what they want to, they have an idea, but they really don't know who they are. And you immediately, oh you know, right away, this is a problem. We have to dig really deep to figure this out because there's no way they're going to be able to open up a profitable business if they don't know who they are. The, the hardest question, and even for me, so I have a coach that I work with on my branding, all right? Mm-hmm. He's out of Australia. Um, I got another guy locally I work with as well that are business coaches of mine because if, when you, people first ask me, what's urban movement? Give it to me in seven words or less. And that's what I generally recommend to people. You need to be able to say what your business does in seven words or less. And it took me a while. In urban movement, in our seven words or less, we're a place to work out and get work done. And then people pause and what's what we call a Jerry Maguire moment where they're like, Mm -hmm. huh? Like a little bit of intrigue. You had me at hello. Like, tell me more. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what do you mean work out and get work done? I'm like, well, I I have a fitness studio, but attached to it is a 2,000 square foot full service coffee shop and Wi-Fi lounge. Think we work in a, in a group fitness gym. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's interesting. Tell me more. But it took me forever to get to there. Like, really, what is it that you have? Oh, and if, you know, people are like, oh, I've got great coaching and great workouts, and people get really fit results. I'm like, everybody's saying that. Right. Everybody. So, what do you have in seven words or less that actually makes you stand out and be unique? And that's very difficult to come down to. But that's always my quick gut check when someone's like, oh, I get my brand through and through. I'm like, great. In seven words or less, tell me what it is you do. Oh, it's, it's never a frozen your frozen moment. Right. You're put in that spot. If you, 
it's it's when you really, really have to work on that and know who you are. I know that even when I was putting together my bio for this show, oh, it was exhausting because, you know, in my 59 years of life, I've done a lot. And it's like, what's really important? What is it that I really want the listeners to understand, like who they're listening to? And luckily I had like 1400 words I could use, but yes, putting that all together just really, really focuses on there. So that's the kind of work that you do. Do you only work with gym owners? It's my, so I don't, I've, I've had people from equestrians, right? They're at horses. I've mm-hmm. had um, uh, mixed martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I've had some restaurants and some, but I, I, I like to stay in my lane. Like, you mm-hmm. know, when we talk about niching in, you yes. can be, you just be really good at that one thing. I believe most people's marketing messages should be super narrow, but deep, meaning when you make a statement, the majority should not care, not agree, not like it. But there's this one sector, this niche that is like, tell me more. Like the chick who has a a YouTube channel teaching people how to sell blue beanie babies at profit in 2020, that woman has a market, like an audience, Mm -hmm. maybe of this small, but my God, they are so so deep because there's not a lot of people doing that kind of content. Right. So it just, I believe you got to run really deep with it. And I tell, you know, I tell people all the time is, you know, you if you're a gym, I'm, I can definitely help you out. If you're not a gym, it really ultimately doesn't matter if it comes to branding. Right. I can't tell you how to make better pizzas. I'm not that guy, right? But like right. if it comes to brand design and messaging, that's that's my thing. And did that just come along as you got as with your experience in in the fitness world? Yeah, because in the beginning, my I didn't have good branding in my gym when I first started. I didn't even understand. I didn't even fully truly understand what brand is. And I even like to tell people I don't even still fully understand it because every time I feel like I'm really good at it. I see a case study of another business that's doing something that I've never even fathomed of, you know, and branding has been really important with COVID. How many, like if you've bought any clothes or any, any products from anyone ever, their CEO sent you an email during COVID telling you what their business is doing. That is, that's an element and offset of branding. It all adds to the brand experience. So over time I became very, very um, a student and I'd walk around and I would look at billboards and not, and you know, I would really look, or I look at advertisements, and I'd really watch, and I'd see what was a, what was it that really struck me? It wasn't just, oh, the commercials are cool. No, it's like really, like, what was the, cl- well, what was the message there, and how did they put that together? And and just over time, and then working with gyms mm-hmm. and hearing the same kind of problems and issues all the time, it's helped me kind of create a filter to take all the abstract that's in a gym owner or business owner's head and all the things like, I, well, I'm this, I think I'm this, I don't know how to right. say this. And then boom, put it through the machine. And then by the end of the time we come out, we've got a nice logo and a tagline and a header on a website. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, names for the workout classes and all that good stuff. Right. So through your experience, do you feel that you see the same problems that you try to unscrew in businesses? Yeah. Because I know that being in the fitness industry for 40 years myself, and having a gym for 10 years, I see, you know, you know what the narrative is when your, your client or your member comes in. You know what the narrative is going to be once they start talking. I want to lose weight. I want to lose this. I want to feel better. I want, you know what you can do and you just hope that they'll listen to you. So, you know, sure. kind of like what all the narratives are. Do you feel that? I feel everything boils down to math and art. So in mm-hmm. business, they're either math problems. You're not charging enough. You don't have enough square footage. Your payroll's too high or too low. They're math problems or they are 
art problems. They're, you know, when I say art, I'm talking the brand, I'm talking the, the aesthetics, graphics. I'm talking about that. Mm-hmm. Now, I think fitness is the same way. Clients come in and they might be telling you the external problem, which is generally math. I want to lose 20 pounds. But the art is really in knowing after asking the right questions that, yeah, they want to lose 20 pounds. But the real reason why is because they are the only single female in an upcoming bachelorette party where all the girls look like Jody, and she, this girl doesn't. And she feels absolutely terrified of the second the cell phones come out and the selfies in Putacana start. And so that's where I think the experience of being the experience we have, not to compare me to you and what you've done, but the experience comes in because that's when we have to ask another question and another question and another question because we can't keep asking, oh, okay, well, I'll help you lose weight or, oh, I'll help you um, become profitable or I'll help you with your graphics so you have a more attractive logo or whatever it is. It's not that. It's what is it really? Sure. You can't end it with that one question. And it's the same thing with training and fitness and, you know, you know, I have two rooms in my studio. I have the, the entrance and then I have personal training and I have group fitness. And I say to the clients when they come in, do you want accountability or do you want less accountability? That's less accountability, less money. That's more accountability, more money. Yeah. And where, what kind of results do you want? Because if you want faster ones, more accountability, let me throw you into my personal training room. Everyone, all your audience that's listening, whether they're in business like you and me are in, or they're just, you know, they, they have relationships in life. If you ever want to win arguments, if you want to be better at sales, and we're all selling something every day yes. to somebody, yes. ask questions. He who asks the questions stays in control. And in sales, I train people 80% of the time, you should not be speaking as a salesman. You are only speaking 20% of the time. And everything you say that comes out of your mouth hole needs to have a who, what, where, when, why, or how, because you are taking interest in another human being. You learn, you take notes, you listen. And the same thing, next time any of you, the audience listeners gets pulled over or they get in an argument with their significant other, I promise if you ask more questions than you do explaining and justifying and blah, 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 Mm -hmm. and how I did this and how you did, I promise you you're in a much better likely scenario to get your way when you ask more questions. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And I've had to learn that along the way myself through relationships through, you know, personal relationships, professional relationships, you just, the better listener you are, the more, the, just the more you can learn and help those people, you know, in business or whatever it is in your case in business. Um, What I want to ask you one question, then we're going to go to a break. We have about two minutes left, a minute and a half. Social media. Do you yeah. help people? We have one minute left. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk about those comment trolls. Sure. Those yeah. those trolls that comment. Yeah, when we come back from the break, there's definitely a way. And what a lot of people don't realize, they're afraid to make a post, especially now with Black Lives Matter and the yes. racial injustice stuff. They're afraid to make a comment or make a post because of the comment troll. But there's a what there's a very easy way that'll allow you to make those comments fearlessly because I truly believe there's a strategy in play to deal with those comment trolls. Okay. We will get back to how to to do that. Thank you. We'll see you guys on the other side. We'll be right back. Thanks, everybody. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am with Stuart Brower, and he is fearlessly authentic. No BS, straight talk. I love everything we're talking about. So thank you, Stuart, for being here with me. We left off with comments on social media that we get from trolls. And, you know, we've all thrown out that post, especially in sensitive times like we are involved in right now that we're living through right now. And, you know, everybody's a little nervous about, not everybody, but some people are nervous about a a post that they might throw out, whether it's now or at any other time. And some there's just some person who's just got to throw some negative comment on them. And I refer to them as trolls. So yeah. So first I like to start with the framework of that disagreeances and um, differences of opinion are the only reason we have anything in this world. Somebody saw something differently than somebody else. There was argument, there was debate, and then there were solutions had one person found a solution because they didn't agree with the other person's viewpoint. And it's the only reason we have anything like any pro anything we have in this world is because of disagreements. Now with that mindset, if you can look at it, I'm going to make a Black Lives Matter post, or I'm going to make a uh, Be Humane to Humans post, whatever it may be. And someone's going to come into the comments and, and say something that is not adding to the positivity. It's They're trying to twist your words around. And that's where like copywriters come really in handy. And I had to help a lot of my gym owner clients write messages that were almost bulletproof. Like it'd be hard for someone to punch on them, right? right when you right. make the statement, Be Humane to Humans, it's hard to have someone argue with that, right? But there were some statements that a lot of business owners made that that had holes in them that somebody could slide in and be like, wait, what do you mean this? Are you trying to imply that in a lot of negativity? Here's my strategy. First off is the business that happens. You instantly freak out. I'm going to tell you not to do that. In business, you need to be act rationally, not emotionally. So when that happens, it's going to hurt because you meant to do some good in the world. And now you're scared that people are going to see his comment and they're going to think what he or she is, that troll has done. Sit back, give yourself a few days. And generally, if you've built a good brand following, you have people who follow your page, your account, whatever it is, 
they will come in and they will get what you meant. This troll probably isn't a fan of yours. They might not have understood the context and the tone in which you deliver it. I type like I talk. And for your fans, I I generally swear a ton. This is is my good, (laughs) this is my very PR version. But when I type, I literally type with the swear word. Like it's mm-hmm. literally like as if I had said it. So if someone comes to my page and they read something, they're like, this guy's a jerk. But then my members and the fans and the people that come to the reference, you know, they come to their rescue and they fill the comments up with the, I get what you meant. Good point. Thank you so much for saying that. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And then the one or two troll comments generally have to get outweighed. Like mm-hmm. they just get below. I mean, they're just, they're one right. of All the positive. comments mm-hmm. or you even have your own member, your own fans teeing off for you and combating them for you. We've all seen the comments section on any controversial post. It's like Google reviews. You should not have a business with 200 five-star Google reviews. It looks (laughs) fake. It doesn't look real. What looks good is 187 Google reviews, five-star, and 13 two-to-one-star ones where the owner of the business came in and said, I apologize. Mm-hmm. We are human like anybody else. We make mistakes. We're so sorry for the most st- those mistakes. How can I make it better? And then there's a real human element because nobody, anyone who's perfect. So I think a lot of people hate Tom Brady because they think he's just perfect, mm-hmm. right? Like they want him to like get caught in some sex scandal or something. Right, like, right. So I, I believe, won't let him. Yeah. So with those comments, guys, realize that there's not, especially right now, there's nothing anyone's going to say that's going to not be upset somebody. It's just unfortunately too much of a, a triggering topic. But let your, let your fans come to the rescue and understand that. Now, let's say you have nobody come to the rescue. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, yeah. what, if, what if you don't have any fans and you're there and it's crickets and this, yeah. this troll's blowing up your, your Instagram with comments Sure. Have you had that happen to yourself? Have you ever had negative comments or people reaching out to you and saying, hey, you know, you're a little too, like you said, a little too brash for me? Sure. So from my audience with WTF, I like to like, um, I love the name is this fearlessly authentic. One of the things like everybody wants to be cool. Every brand wants to be cool. And the definition of cool that I've come up with is consistently authentic. Just whoever you are consistently. You, we all know that nerd like McLovin, right? That McLovin mm-hmm. carried. We all had a friend like McLovin in high school. The right. kid was a complete nerd, but he was cool. You kept him around because he always was who he was. He never deviated. He didn't try to accommodate you. And I think, correct. Himself. Yeah. So when you're fearlessly authentic and you just stay consistent to it, generally the only people who follow and like your stuff are people who get down with that. So, but if you were a brand that made a statement, whether it's social injustice or I don't care if it's whatever topic and you, and it's controversial and the only one that tees off on it is a troll and you have no other fans. I don't care if you have 10 followers or a million followers. My guess is you have not done a good enough job creating a connection with them. Meaning they probably commented in the past and you never replied back. Here's a business tip for anybody on any social media post, 50% of all the comments on any of your photos should be yours. Meaning you need to, you need to respond to those people. Those 100%. people are taking the time. They are your community and you have to respond to them. If you don't, then why are you even there? Why are you, what kind of community community are you trying to build? Because we hide digitally. Imagine if you owned a sandwich shop, Jody, and you were sitting there and you're sitting in your sandwich shop, just admiring your work, watching customers eat. And a customer just, exc- just exclaimed loudly, this is the best sandwich I ever had. Would you just sit there quietly or would you right. not go up and be like, well, thank you so much. My name's Stuart. I'm the owner. And I thank you for coming in. What'd you have? Oh, the pastrami on rye. Yes. It's my favorite. Like you would have a conversation. Right. 
Right. Absolutely. When it's a positive comment. And so regardless of the comment, I believe that you need to respond in yes. kind to that person. So, I mean, if, you know, I've had some people who've made negative comments about a post or something like that. And there's some people that are just those people and, sure. and that's okay. And you have to understand that. And again, you can't take it personally. And of course we've all taken it personally at the beginning, but as a business owner and as a consultant, I'm sure that you have told your client, you know, you need to respond. You need to say something because if you don't say something, that's even worse. You know, you have to respond. One of those seven elements of primal branding I discussed earlier is what we called pagans and haters. Mm-hmm. Every great brand has pagans. If like, here's a great brand, the New York Yankees, you know who hates them? Well, pretty much everybody, but Mets fans. Boston Red Sox fans. So every good brand has haters. Star Trek fans hate Star Wars fans. It's just, you always have your antithesis. And if there's a brand that is just so vanilla that everybody seems to like it, they're probably not, they probably don't have anything that's. I'm so glad that you, I'm, I'm so glad we're talking about this. I remember 10 years ago, I was on a radio show and I had just won, um, like I had just won the two world bikini shows. So, okay. And there was a radio show in town talking about me. And um, long story short, I was on the show. And the DJs asked me to send them a picture with like a short bio. And they put up my picture on their website in a bikini the day before I was going in. And these a lot of women were going, eh, 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 you know, sure. saying things about it. And I, I called the guy and I was like, oh, my God, like, I feel really uncomfortable that this. He's like, Jody. This is what is going to happen. If you were vanilla and you're not vanilla, then nobody would have anything to say. You are going to have haters. And that was my first introduction to putting myself out there and and getting, quote unquote, haters. Yeah. And and it's also one of these things, too, where you got to have empathy for somebody who who's able to take time out of their day, like hate and anger is a, it's at least for me. And I think for most people, it's either something that it takes a while for you to manifest. Like I've Mm -hmm. never in my life hated anyone. I don't hate anybody. I hate, you know what I hate hate when the weather's bad and I can't ride my, my electric longboard down the road. I hate when the Browns lose. I've never hated people though. But you think about the psyche of someone who is going to take time out of their day from their kids, family and job to pout off a paragraph or two about the hate and they never, they don't know you minus this digital introduction, video, right. photo, whatever podcast. It's just, I feel bad for an individual like that. And I truly like, it's, it's even hard for me to hate them back or be angry with them back. Cause I'm like, there's just something not going on good in that human's right, life. Right. And, and you have to go to that place where you have to have empathy. And yeah. I know you talk a lot, even though you, you're like way out there with, with your message and so on. You, what, I, what I liked about you what I, was that you were still, even though you were no BS, you had empathy. And I think in an industry like this, or maybe really any industry, you need to have that empathy. Oh. You, need, you need to, because you can't be a good coach if you lack empathy. Hundred percent. I one of the my one of my best uh, viewed pieces of content. I go on. I do a screen. I do a screen record, and I go to Facebook and websites, and I rip them apart. Micro gym owners. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I literally go and like, what are you thinking with this cover photo? What were you thinking with this website? This is the worst Facebook cover I've ever seen. And I literally go through and I rip it all apart. Mm -hmm. but then build it up with empathy. And the reason those pieces are so good, it's not because it's a hit piece. It's because I, I two to one it 
for every one piece of ripping it apart, I hit it twice with empathy on it, with understanding and giving them here, listen, yeah, this sucks, but here's how you can make it better. Here's some free advice. And I want, I want you to tag me and hit me up when you fix that website, because I'm voting for you. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you win. And I want you. Yeah. It's very similar. I think to if you're a parent and I know you have a little one, how old is your little one? Three. Three. Just turned three. So you're just learning now a lot of things. Barely figuring it out. Barely. <laughs> okay. But when you're, you know, if you have that tough, so my style is tough and nurturing. So if you have that tough nurturing style that works for you, that's great. That's what works for me. That's what works for my clients. And I think you're, you know, very, I think you're similar to that, that if you have that, hey, dad's in charge right now and no, you're not going to eat that candy before we sit down for dinner or now seven o'clock is bedtime and she argues with you. Yeah, maybe you might let her stay up a little bit longer once in a while, right? But at the end of the day, she knows dad's in charge, that dad's nurturing, but he could be tough. You know, and I don't know how you are as a dad, but that was the approach I always took with my children that are grown adults now that I, I was tough where I needed to be tough. And then, but you have to be nurturing because they need to know that they also have somebody to fall back on who's going to say, you know, whether it's, in, if it's in business, yeah. Stu's going to lead me, help me to get there. He's got to be tough on me. So I learned. So when I do open up my business, I, I could have a pretty hardened shell and, and not cry every time somebody says, this is really expensive. Well, you have to yeah. own it. You have to own your prices. You have to own everything you're about. Yeah. And the only reason I think uh, a coach or a boss, a sales trainer, a a consultant or a parent is tough on an individual, those individuals, besides them maybe being intrinsically mean or just angry people or whatever, but truly, I'm doing it because in in life, this thing you did, whether you botched the winning play of the game, you didn't do your homework right, you failed on this financial projection I had you do for the business or whatever it is, you you spilled your juice all over the floor – it's somewhere in life that's going to happen and you're not right. going to have someone to coddle you and tell you it's going to be okay. So listen, I'm, 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 I'm not happy you did this and I know you understand why this is a bad thing, but I'm here for you and, right. and I'll, I'll pick you up and we'll learn and do it, do it better. And so, yeah, I think that's a very unique paradigm to pair those two things and you just got to make sure you layer it appropriately. Right. Now, how did you, I was, we were talking at the break about I was looking at your notes when we first talked. Yeah. And the last thing that you said to me before we got off the phone was, I'm not afraid to lose, which yeah. is the description of this episode. So where when did you get to that point that you're not afraid to lose? I came up with this huge, uh, I don't appreciate money. So I started in this industry, not make, I make $600 a month. Mm-hmm. I had this crap apartment in Nashville, Tennessee. And I, I did what it didn't care. So I had all these guitars. I sold all my, everything. I, I sold it to make rent. Like money has never been a motivator for me. And until I got money and then I, I did the global gym thing and I, I started making a lot of money and mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I like being able to not be worried paycheck to paycheck and all this stuff. And then I went from that global gym job, making good money to opening my own business back to making no money. Mm-hmm. And it was at that moment. I just instantly learned. I said, listen, if you're good enough at something, if you truly believe you are quality at something, there will always be money readily available. I could lose this business of urban movement, not even my consulting, my gym. Mm-hmm. I could go get a job at McDonald's tomorrow. Get a job at McDonald's, and I bet you what I'd be doing during my lunch break, I would be taking my coworkers 
and my manager into the back parking lot alley behind McDonald's. I'd be teaching them how to squat and to do proper push-ups. And I could give me a few bit. I will have people, I will have personal training clients again, and I could build myself up. Because mm-hmm. if you have a skill set, any kind of skill set in the world, especially with today's age in 2020, you money is always readily available if you're good enough. And if you believe you're good enough, that's why I'll never be afraid to lose because I always get back up. Oh, I love, I love that. And it drives me crazy when I hear other people say, I love that, but I, I really truly love that because money has never driven me in anything that I've done. And yes, I've had money and I've not had money. And of course, we all love to have money and not ever have to worry about anything. But if you go to where your passion is, where you really, what you really love, the money will come if it's done correctly. The money will always come. And and go ahead, you were going to say something. Yeah, I just, and I, I live on both sides of this. So I have, you know, you see businesses that kind of have this very Kevin Costner, you know, feel the dreams. If you build it, they will come. If you, if you pursue passion and excellence, mm-hmm. money comes second. And I do believe that. And then there's a fine line. And this is generally where you watch my videos and I get a little aggressive with somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. You got the passion, you're chasing excellence but passion doesn't pay the bills. Right. There's now we got to figure out the business plan. Correct. Yeah, 100%. Right. But you're, you're right though. Out. You have to lead with that because if you only chase money, and here's a great analogy on for airlines. American Airlines, their goal as a company is not to burn jet fuel. Right? That's not, that's not the goal of their business. The goal of their business is to get passengers safely from point A to point B. In order to do that though, they need to burn a lot of jet fuel to get people tr- around the world safely from point A to point B. You and me, Jody, in the fitness industry, our goal, our intrinsic goal when we hit our feet in the morning isn't to make money. It is to inspire movement, to change people's lives, whatever it is. But in order to do that, we have to have money to do it. Well, we it have to. Why we do it, it is a direct consequence and a dual requirement. Do you know how many people look at me strangely when I say, I didn't open up my gym to make money. I did it because this was my passion. And if I make money doing what I love to do, like I love interviewing people, if that comes, then great. But if I never tried, I'd never, I would never know. And, and I, and there goes, you're not afraid to lose because you're going to go where your heart and your gut tell you. And that's where your heart and your gut are sort of like together because we always try to combine that heart gut um, head yeah. feeling all together. And it always bring, it always brought me back to fitness. Yeah. Paper chasing, paper yeah. chasing gets tiring. It feels like a job, yes. right? It feel, it feels like a job every single day chasing that paper, blah, blah, blah. But if you actually just enjoy what you did, like again, a, a, an artist, a guitar, a guitar player, I could sit around here and just play guitar for two hours and that would just be enjoyable to me. And if somebody came to me one day and was like, Stu, I would love to pay you to play the guitar. I'd be like, oh my God, now that will never happen because I'm an atrocious <laughs> guitar player. But it's it's one of those things. And I believe that's how most businesses get started in their infancy stage. And that's why most small business owners statistically can ride out their small business for yes. several years without a lot of profitability because the passion's there. But at some point, you get that jaded small business owner. We all know that personal trainer, that coach that is like, uh, it's 5.30 in the morning and they have a 5.30 a.m. face on. And they, they this is what they say. I have have to open up the gym at 5.30 tomorrow. Mm, no, my no, friend, you no. get to open the gym at 5.30 tomorrow. Right. So it just has to be a change of mindset. Pa- lead with passion. Understand it has to create a profit. And the two of these have to live in parallel tracks. 
It's very, very true. I found this out when I, you know, when I was figuring out who I wanted to be, I knew that fitness was always going to be a part of my life. I just didn't know how it was going to manifest itself in front of me. And so I I was working as a personal trainer and then I went and I sold eyeglasses for three years. That was a life changer for me, a real pivotal time for me because I was also competing in fitness shows and I was training people on the side, but I was selling glasses to see if that was something I liked. I was on the road. I was in sales. I was very good at sales. I loved making cold calls, which is a really weird thing. Most people don't like cold calls. But my point of telling you this story is that what were they asking me about after I was there for a while? So how do you stay in shape? What do you eat? Can you show me how to do a squat? Can you show me how to do the correct correct sit-up? And I thought, what am I doing here? What am I doing driving five hours a day and showing people different eyeglasses when I don't even wear glasses and I could give a shoot about, I don't care about glasses. I care about people's health and well-being. I want to change people's lives. So that's what I, I said, forget it. I'm done with this. Yeah. And here's the thing is it's the thing that makes you always hear this very cliche line is like, no, I don't, I own my own business. I've never worked a day in my life, right? Cause it's my passion. I love mm-hmm. it, whatever, which is fine. What you also find is that every, every brand and business evolves over time. So every business has to quote unquote rebrand on a long enough timeline. Yeah. You have to reinvent the business because the times mm-hmm. change, technology changes, the problems in the marketplace change you know, taxis and Uber, Blockbuster and Netflix. Like there's always evolutions of this stuff. Right. For you and me is keeping it going. I'm not going to lie. I, there's nothing that made me happier than getting Sally her first pull up in my gym for a period of time. And I'm not going to lie. It doesn't do it for me anymore. Now my thing is getting that gym owner to, you know, to be able to have that successful business or standing up in front of a hundred people and doing a, a, a keynote. Like that is now the thing that literally would light if I you could, up. Oh, it lights me up. I could be on three days of no sleep and you tell me I've got a chance to do one of those things and I'm just, boom, I'm up and going. But tell me, hey, you get to coach a fitness class. I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm happy with it. I like doing it. I know it through and through. I'm mm-hmm. not as excited about it. So I think business owners too, and even human people that are nine to fivers, mm-hmm. we all have hobbies and interests and passions and whatever, and they, they go cyclically. Yeah. How many people you know that cyclically get into fitness? You have a client who's hardcore for eight months out of every year and they and cyclically done. go out of it or they do something different. They, they, they cycle or they do marathons. Then they get back to personal training. Right. Cycles aren't bad. They're not bad at all. And I think people need to recognize that. And I, and I think they have to realize as if they're a personal training trainer or whatever, or a gym owner and their, their client leaves or the member leaves, you have to let them. There's the wow. door go because you know what? Another person's going to walk in. It's not that I'm not sad to see you go because I enjoyed having you come into my my business. But if you need to go and row every day or join CrossFit or some other kind of gym, or you just want to do your own workouts at home, I say go. And with all the love in my heart. So clients aren't forever. Here's another. Clients are not forever. Referrals are though. I still get referrals to my gym from clients that we had eight years ago that have moved, Mm -hmm. but they have friends, family, and coworkers that still live in Charlotte. A referral is forever. Clients are not, every client cancels on a long enough timeline. But if you did right by them and they know somebody who needs the problem that you solve, you're going to get that referral. So never like, never chase the the infinity client, chase the infinity referral because that's, that can last forever. No, I like, that's a really good point. And 
be grateful for the people that have stayed with you oh during God, good yeah. times, hard times during this, yeah. uh, you know, who's, who has stayed on uh, during these tough times and who's going to come back. And so uh, we'll, we'll have to see how that's going to work. And um, so with not afraid to lose, I think about it a lot in that when we're working out and we go to failure. So that sure. made me think of, you know, you're never, if, if we want to get that bicep, check yeah. out my bicep here. Looking okay. good, girl. You're looking good. Um, so you're never going to get that bicep if you, if you don't go to failure. So Correct. you don't succeed until you fail. So we sure. all have to experience some kind of failure so we can come back and learn how we can succeed, right? Yeah. yeah you have to, you, failure, you have to take out the negative connotation with it. Exactly. There's no, ne- I don't, I don't see any negative connotation in failure. It's not a bad word. To Neither do I. So what does fearlessly authentic mean to you, Stuart? There's no, that there's no live and lose. There's only live and learn, right? Mm-hmm. There's no even win and lose. There's only win and learn. This idea that taking a risk on something, it could, again, you've got the opportunity where taking a risk on this thing pans out. It's the best thing ever. You were so happy you did it. Or you don't do it because generally the fear of failure. And then you have something even worse lying around the corner, regret. And nothing's worse than regret because the what ifs in your head, anyone who's ever broken up with a relationship and you don't know what that other person, who they're with or what they're doing, you always play and you're like, well, what if I would have done this or what are they doing? Because you don't know. Not knowing something that's happened is one of the most torments you. What could it have been? And in business, I in life, I just won't have that. I will go, I'll shoot for everything. And I realize I'm going to miss nine times out of 10. But when I make, when I connect that one time out of 10, mm-hmm. that's all I need. That's all I need. And if you, and if you use failure and again, you've got to be careful, you cannot take your, you and your family to financial ruin. Like you have to be careful and obviously weigh the risks and rewards. Right. But like you said, like you're going to failure. If you're going to go to failure, what do you probably have? A spotter, right? right? You probably have somebody depending so on the you lift. don't get hurt. You don't get hurt, but you also have somebody who in that realm, if you were to fail, is there for you, whether it's a business coach or a best friend or a personal trainer or your mom or whatever it is, like a mom, I'm going for this. I'm going to forgo college and I'm going to try this business. I'm going to try to make my career as a musician. And mom goes, let's do it, baby. Go for it. Right. Worst case scenario, college you always be you like, have that's that, your spotter. Yeah. Right. You, you know that you have that safety net yes. underneath yes. you. And that's, that's worth a lot to know that you have that support behind you. So- I love your fearlessly. I'm going to call you fearlessly authentic because that is what resonated with me when I heard you. And I appreciate you keeping this G-rated. Oh, on the absolutely. Show. <laughs> and uh, I, it's just been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so, so much. Good luck with your opening in Charlotte. Thank you. Thank and if you. I'm ever in the area, I will definitely come oh, and work 100%. out at Urban Movement. You gotta come And through. people can find you on Instagram and Facebook at WTF gym talk is probably the easiest way. Um, if you know, on the gym side is urban movement, just take all the vowels out of urban movement. Feel free to shoot me a DM audio message video. I'm more than happy to get back to it. And, uh, yeah, just thanks to all your listeners who gave us their attention today. And, you know, just to, like some closing things, guys, go figure out who that spotter is in your life. Someone that's going to help you be fearlessly authentic and then go do that stuff that you're kind of scared to go do. You're, you're only going to live this thing once. Hey, you just took my line. That's, did I? Did I just? That was, that was my last line. Was I was wanted to encourage everybody to dig down deep and get rid of that scaredy cat and go live their life fearlessly authentic. So right on. Thank you so much, Stuart yeah. Bauer. It was such a pleasure. Say thank you, Jody. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. 
please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.